Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Nirofotep in our Kenya chapter. And so as we like to do, we like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. We have been enjoying the ride so far, and there is even more to come. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. We are doing really, really well. And so I appreciate all you folks who are tuning in on YouTube and have subscribed. And now we will begin with introductions to my right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea. And um, there are things. I don't remember where. <laughs> I think we were in the hotel. We were in the hotel. That's it. Okay. And uh, to Mr. Shay's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane and I need some healing. Do you now? <laughs> Have you been a little, say, uh, a little under the weather, perhaps a little accosted? I might be a little bruised and battered and maybe yeah. singed. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I'm certain that the, um, the doctor and others can assist you or perhaps even Jack with, with tender, loving care. Speaking of at the end of the table, this is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle. And I, I have to say our skills are improving to the point where we now no longer have to wait till we get to town before we start burning stuff down. You know, it's, it's uh, really the, you've gotten very efficient over the past several months and all the travel. I, I think it's a huge mark of success. Yeah. To Mr. Uh, Doyle's right. This is Lonnie. I play Robert Drummond. And if I've learned anything from this trip to Kenya, it's don't consume fireball on a train. Hmm. Yep, 100%. That's a great, great uh, thing to sort of file away in the old memory cabinet. Uh, to Mr. Drummond's right. Hi, this is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And um, honestly, I remember the train ride rather warmly. Fondly, even. Last but most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex playing Saint-Bran, who is pretty fed up with being hunted by clumsy sorcerers with no appreciation for subtlety. Yeah, I mean, I can bring some more subtlety to the table if you'd like. I'm sure that no one else will mind. So, because it's a new month for our recording schedule, and for, because our investigators might desperately need a little luck, we are going to turn the boat back around a little bit here, and we're going to do a luck refresh. So, I will begin to my right with Tiffany, who plays Maeve O'Shea, and ask her to make me a luck roll. That is a 93 out of 58. Okay. That is 15 points of luck for you, Ms. O'Shea. Nice. All right. And Morgan, who plays Lillian Lane, if you'd make me a luck roll. You sure can. Probably pretty easy at this point. I got a 21 out of zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Oh, all right, Miss Lane. I'm going to give you 18 points of luck. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very don't get, nice. Don't get killed again. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Doyle, luck roll if you would. 
That is, oh man, 77 under 79. Mm. Well, you get 2d10 anyways because you're lucky. Right. All the more to take from you later. All right. So that's 11 points for you, Mr. Doyle. And Mr. Drummond. That would be a failure. Okay. 96 over 30. All right. So 15 points for you, Mr. Drummond. Thank you. And the uh, doctor. 31 under 87. And a flat 10 for you. Wunderbar. Sam. 49 over 48. Cool. Yeah. So a failure. All right. That's 14 points of luck for you. Okay. So we return to Kenya and we return to Nairobi where several of the investigators have gathered at a hotel. Some of them are likely a little worse for wear health wise. And I believe doctor, some of them are going to be seeking you out for perhaps a little more long-term assistance. I'm always happy to extend medical care to my friends. And when they receive my bill at the end, they will be <clears throat> in need of more medical care. <laughs> so who will you be starting with first? And then if you could just sort of take me through the paces. Um, I guess uh, Doc will probably start with the ones that will take the least amount of time. So he checks Maeve first because he's pretty sure Maeve is fairly okay. Mm, I think, I think remember says correctly. She got hit by a few blasts. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I'm what, but I'm only down five. Cause I think uh, you may have already. I think I already administered some yeah. care to you. So yeah, I will move on to Lillian or doc. will move on to Lillian and check her because I know that she was complaining of Something or other, some frailty of form, or lack of vim, <laughs> vigors down or something. The vapors. She needs a little cocaine pick me up. I give her some laudanum <laughs> and a cocaine pick me up, and I move along. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't isn't that for Lady E? Uh, that is now actually just the uh, that's just the Call of Cthulhu cocktail. Oh, <laughs> so everybody gets that. <laughs> that's all the doc vends now. <laughs> that's right. Uh, 25 on my medical roll for my medicine roll for under 82. So that is a hard roll on Miss Lane. Okay. So, uh, doctor, if you'd roll a D3. I would like to roll a D3. This takes an hour, roughly speaking. No, I can get that done in a few seconds. Hang on. <laughs> uh, that's a two. Okay. So in the next hour or so, Miss Lane, you can, you can heal two hit points. Oh, and then... Once I am certain that Miss Lane is stable, and uh, or once <coughs> Doctor is certain Miss Lane is stable, then he will collect his things and probably <laughs> bid her a nice nap and mm -hmm. go find Jack and check up on him before finding Mr. Drummond. And if Sam is skulking about somewhere, his, I suppose I'll throw a band-aid on him as I go by. <laughs> okay. Sneaking <laughs> around. Well, he's, you know, very busy. You, mm -hmm. you can so I'll check Jack first. 21 and uh, 82, so another hard roll. Okay. So again, a D3. Uh, one. Ooh. Ooh. All right. He'll, he'll a mighty single hit point, Jack. Um, And then Doc looks for Mr. Drummond, see if you can find Mr. Drummond or Sam anywhere in the... Oh, Mr. Drummond, how are you feeling this afternoon? Hmm? Don't have a scratch. Oh. Well... 
But then I suppose you probably don't need this syringe of cocaine. All right, then. Well, you have a good day. <laughs> I'm good. Fine, more for me, then. Uh, so I'm going to guess then that Sam is likely not available for your assistance, Doctor, because he's probably out um, just making the rounds or trying to get uh, a little lay of the city itself. Now, as Sam, as we mentioned before, Nairobi isn't the largest city by any means. Uh, in fact, in the current day and age, uh, there's, you know, it, there's not a whole lot of inhabitants, at least in the current section. Sure. That um, bears no resemblance to the the Nairobi of present day, obviously, which is, you know, half a million people. Okay. Well, what was the name of the hotel that they were staying at? Uh, so the investigators are staying at the Hampton House Hotel. Um, that's because of its proximity to the train station. Yeah, I, I watch them go into the Hampton House Hotel. I stick around for a few minutes to see whether or not anybody's obviously following them. And uh, from there, I will depart. And uh, the I guess the first thing I'd like to get a read on is which directions, uh, cardinally, mm -hmm. um, the poorest districts seem to be compared to the wealthiest. Because I don't have a map of the area. Um, so I'm just going to kind of use the, uh, the disparity of income to figure out how the city seems to be separated. And if I can get an idea as to which directions those disparities are in, well, I guess I'll start there. So what am I working with here? Well, for the most part, the spaces that you're seeing that seem to be, we'll just say, a little bit better off would be the area most most near the nearest the train station, right? So uh, those the space that you're in as you start out seems to be fairly well well to do. And then if you mm -hmm. look and move towards your east, you're going to run into uh, the Indian Quarter, which is where uh, the Indian Bazaar is, and it's more prosperous because there's a lot of Indian merchants and traders that are here, and they're they're ga they're gathering wealth from the local populace. Beyond that, um, as you continue to sort of move around the city, also, oh, by, also by the way, that north of the Indian Quarter, you would find at least signage for uh, the race course. The race course, yeah, like, like horse horses. horses. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, um, all right. And that's you said that's north of the Indian Quarter. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, so I guess I'm heading, so I guess I'm heading east then, mm -hmm. uh, for the time being. Yes, I will continue heading in that direction until I reach basically what I would consider to be the outskirts. I'm also trying to keep an eye out for, um, either, I'm assuming that the commerce and everything is going to be closer to the wealth, which would be, I don't know which direction yet. Mm -hmm. Um, if it seems like I'm traveling away from it, I will keep that in mind for later, and I will I will kind of continue heading east through Nairobi until I reach essentially what I guess would be like the outskirts. I don't know how again I don't know how big it is in miles, but I'm assuming that I'm going to be spending a few hours walking around. Yeah. So roughly speaking, uh, the city is, and I I'm gives this as a very rough estimate. Okay. I'm going to say it's probably about three to four miles wide. Oh, okay. So that's like nothing. And it's probably about 
the same, we'll just say geographically north to south. There are definite okay. distinct neighborhoods as well. So you're seeing all sorts of, there's, there's a, a neighborhood and a district for um, pe- people who've come from India. There's a district specifically that people who've come from Asia. Um, there is a little place that some of the locals uh, refer to as uh, Swahili town and then Somali town. And there is an entire European district that is mostly West, it seems. Okay. Okay. So, and Swahili town and Somali town, are they East as well? Or are they South They're East or? Okay. Both those locations are East. So that's where the locals are then. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that's um, a dead giveaway in some of your initial like scouting and moving around the central area of town is beyond the hotel, beyond the major streets uh, where the post office is and where, you know, some of the like the regular trappings of a, of a town, right? There's a newspaper here. There's a post office. There's uh, a park, like a small sort of centralized park. What you notice is by that park, like not too far from it, you notice a, a a Bank of England. Oh, okay. And that like opens up to, you know, towards a hill where there's clearly more European style homes. Okay. So as far as um, Swahili town and Somali town, are they near each other? Or are they like surrounding so what i'm what i'm assuming at this point is if i'm traveling toward the poor area um i'm acting under the assumption that there will likely be no shortage of labor camps like either near them or adjacent to them or away from the commercial areas away from the money mm-hmm. um where is where is the work being done through the night where are people doing things right now well, i mean is there is there anyone you know like I'm assuming they're not going to, I mean, I'm not talking about like field hands. Like this is, there's, it's a, it's a, it's a bargaining settlement of some kind, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're going to be building stuff here. So where is that work being done? I would say probably most of that is being done towards the North. So North of the Asian district that's here, a place called, they call parklands. Um, That's where a lot of the more build out portion is. It looks like for the most part, Um, the Nairobi Hill and Upper Hill, which are districts, those are definite European districts. Those are probably some of where some of the first British settlers made their land. That's been built up pretty well, it seems. Um, But the north of the city is where things seem to be building out. Okay. And um, that's, that's sort of where you're seeing, I would just, trades work. That's probably what you're seeing more of. So between... The Swahili town, Somali town, and kind of the center. Uh, I'm going to be sniffing around for either abandoned buildings that are either free of or maybe in use by squatters and just kind of note their location. I'm not going to be bothering anybody at this time. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be looking for, uh, yeah, like where, where are the materials coming from? You know, like, what does that, what does that, that look like here? Okay. So you're, you're going to be squits basically scouting the, those areas. Yes. 
to, to, to the best of my ability, I'll be looking for either areas that have been evacuated or are no longer in use. I imagine, you know, if it's, if, if they're slowly, if they're building the place out relatively quickly, I almost imagine like the North is, is becoming like a suburb and everything is kind of, everything is kind of centralized around where the hotel is, where the train station is, where. I would just say that in your, uh, after a few hours of, of walking around Nairobi, you get a definite uh, understanding that the eastern portion where Swahili town is and some of the other places, these are probably the most, these are probably the poorest sections of town. These are people who are like living hand to mouth, you know, just very, um, yeah, just, just, there's, there's a lot of struggle here. And you can, the, the sort of the galling part is, is you can turn, when you turn on some of these streets, you can turn and see the European houses on the hill. And it's like everything has rolled this way. So elevation goes up to the north? Uh, it does a little bit. Elevation also goes up to the west. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense too. All right. Um, so the only... Other, other than kind of getting a lay of the land, and I don't, again, I don't have like a map or anything. Am I able to identify where the police seem to be centralized? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's not hard. Okay. Um, first of all, they're not anywhere here in Swahili Town. Oh, no, no. I'm assuming after after I kind of get the lay of the land. Um, yeah, they're, they're very much centralized in the, the core of where Nairobi is, right? So near the shops, they are centralized... Uh, near, they have a police station here, and then also they spread west. And there's a there's some movement of them around the um, sort of that Indian bazaar, Indian market space. They do keep an eye on some of the things there. Okay, so you said they have a police station. Yes. Is it just the one? So far that you see, yeah. Well, then I will definitely spend some time lurking around there. Um, and I would like to get a, a, you know, do they, are there like sentries at the front door or is it a place where like the public can walk in? Yeah, there's um, likely a, you know, sort of a British style policeman that stands out front, but you assume that okay. the populace can walk in. You see people walk in. All right. Uh, so the, the most dangerous thing I'll be doing tonight is I'll be spending some time lurking around until I can figure out, um, where they dump their trash. Do they have a motor pool? The police? They probably don't. I don't know about a motor pool, but there, there's probably vehicle a vehicle or two there. I mean, that's a, a, a sort of a point of uh, station amongst the police having motor vehicles. Well, you would probably notice that the south area of town, too, is where, like, if there's a space where garbage is being collected, um, that's where the industrial portion, you know, breweries, warehouse. I was just about to ask about that. Any sort of manufacturing plant, fuel depots, stuff like that is going to be south of town. Okay. So I would like to get a feel for, um, one, where they dump their trash. And two, can I get a feel for the uh, the clothing that the non-police staff use? Like, are they wearing civilian clothing? Do they wear coveralls? Like, the people that work in and around the city that aren't cops, but might be in the area... Um, I just kind of want to get an idea as to how they tend to dress, how they tend to operate. 
That's a great question. Um, I'm going to say that they likely wear workmen's coveralls or uniforms. Um, okay. You probably see a distinct amount of white on white clothing for staff. Um, mm -hmm. Sort of to denote a very a clean appearance. You saw a little bit of this in Cairo as well. In any sort of the European areas there, staff workers were always dressed in very light and white clothing, uh, which sort of contrasts against the dark toned skins that are here. And then, of course, most of the Europeans here are wearing something likely either white or khaki colored, which is very common here. Lots of hats. Yeah, lots of hats. Yep. Okay, if I'm confident that I can replicate something to that effect with minimal effort, um, the most, uh, again, the most dangerous thing I'll be doing is um, I'm going to do my best to lurk around and until I see an officer depart on what is obviously the end of their shift and I'll be following them home. Okay. I'll get back to you in a little bit. Yep. So, Miss O'Shea, I guess I'll start with you as far as the hotel goes. You've gotten in after a very long train ride. And on top of that, a very harrowing experience, potentially seeing a, a friend nearly die, um, watching whatever entities this person seemed to, to summon up to, to attempt to kill you and your compatriots. Um, talk me through Maeve's frame of mind and sort of what she's going to try to do or focus if she tries to do anything. Um, I think that mostly she is going to try and calm herself down um, because her whole goal was to make sure that this party makes it out. So um, she probably is going to... Um, commune with Yig and Sing and calm herself down and get, you know, some like presence reassurance. Um, and then um, she's probably still hungry because of all the days she didn't eat too. So mm. probably after probably like an hour, she'll probably spend singing and uh, making sure that um, Slander's okay. And then go probably down and get some food. Okay. Yeah. The singing probably helps settle you a little bit. Something here just feels off. Um, something it's not internal. It's definitely external. Mm -hmm. Something feels misaligned here. Um, you definitely get that, that sense. Um, you know that Elias stayed here. Yeah. So I would think that that may have, had a play into his frame of mind if something is misaligned here or something's just not okay. Mm -hmm. Food helps. You know, um, the food here is, is very fresh and it's naturally, there's just a natural spice to the food here. It's not like anything you've had before. It doesn't feel like it, like the food you had in Egypt. It's a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, the meat especially is really fresh. Maybe not necessarily cooked to the same level that you're used to. Okay. So things here maybe be uh, might be a little bit, we'll just say, um, not raw, but just not and not undercooked, but just a different sort of flavor. Right. Which oddly is very pleasing to you. Okay. 
if I'm okay with it, then yeah. So far, so good. I'll, I'll check in with your compatriot down to your right. Uh, Miss Lane, walk me through what the first few hours here in Nairobi are like for you after the doctor attends to you. Did we all get our own rooms? Yeah, we'll okay. say you all have your own rooms. Um, Unless you're going to bunk with Jack or something like that. That would be inappropriate in the 20s. It would be. Um, so I would probably draw a bath or have somebody come draw me. I, they've been doing plumbing. You would have someone draw you a bath or or tell the staff that you want a bath and they would draw one for you. And I and I look pretty rough. Um, you know, my clothes are all probably burned. <laughs> I'm probably scantily clad, but I have Jack's. I think Jack put his coat around me yeah. or something. Yeah. So I'm probably still in that. You, yeah, you would have. I would just say for the listeners at home, you would have had the chance to change into some clothing if I you, probably would have put a robe on. I would at least because I don't think I'd want to change into something until I got everything clean, cleaned yeah. up and and you know my wounds tended to mm-hmm. and so I would do I would do that over the evening and probably call for some food to come up something if they if they bring food up or do we have to go to the dining? No, they could they could bring food up. Just something like tea and something small, mm-hmm. and then crawl into bed. And do nothing else until the next morning. <laughs> wow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think I think rest is probably on your mind, if not on others' minds. Mm-hmm. Um, the the hotel is good about working through what you need. Um, it's it's sort of set, and you get to see some of this through the windows there. It's set amidst a bunch of green lawns and that is sort of the the strange part a little bit because you're the roads here are not like super paved right they're they're not completely finished the the town is still just a town but like certain sections of town look a little bit nicer than the rest of them as is natural um and you get assisted by uh, a staff that is more than willing to to help you with food and with water. And if all you want is rest uh, that first day, totally gettable. Um, I think one thing I do, before, they did bring our stuff up and everything we got, mm-hmm. did we get that from mm-hmm. the train? Okay. Um, is that I would go um, searching in my in my bags. So my King in Yellow book was sitting on the train that got this, the, the car that got inflamed mm-hmm. with, you know, fire. So I go searching through my stuff to, you know, just double check to make sure that it's not there because it was probably left on the train. and No, your book is there. And when I find it, I'm really not all that surprised that it's there. (laughs) It's interesting, too. Maybe uh, you're hoping it was there. Hoping the whole time. Perhaps that search for is not, um, is a little expectant. Like you want it to be there. Yeah, I, can, I breathe a sigh of relief and uh, then I go crawl into bed after that. Fair enough. <laughs> Jack, walk me through it. Uh, I get cleaned up, of course. Mm-hmm. Check in on everybody, make sure everybody's settled in. Uh, I want to talk to the doctor real quick. Yeah, go for it. Will Lillian be okay? I mean, she took, uh, I mean, she should be dead. Physically, at this point, Jack, I, she is, to say, um, out of the forest. 
Um, but why she is still walking among us, Jack, I cannot begin to fathom. She should have been dead. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. <laughs> you know as well as I. You've been to war. She should not be walking around anymore. But the fact is, she is. I perhaps think that she has more and more to do. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm. Just keep an eye on her, right? Oh, of course, Jack. I, like, she was fun of my own. Yeah, after I uh, make sure everybody's, you know, okay, mm-hmm. I guess I'll go down in the bar mm. for, for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the bar here is nice. Uh, in fact, several of the bottles and setups here are, are some, you know, they have some pretty nice uh, selections to choose from. I guess the best way to put it would be a stuffed shirt sort of fellow. Um, probably a, a guy who's hanging on to the shirt he's wearing. Probably fit, you know, maybe a sizer or two ago, but he's uh, really, really keen on it. You can tell. Um, you can tell so much so because there's the, the button up has like the little holes little spaces to see in between mm-hmm. right um but uh he helps you uh with a with a drink and and uh asks uh what what brings you to the hotel oh uh we we're a group of investigators reporters mm. yeah we uh we just travel around and find interesting stories and you know mm. follow up on them he uh, puts your drink up on the bar and extends his hand. And he says, uh, Reggie Baines. Jack Doyle. Uh, proprietor. Proprietor? Yes, sir. Uh, of the hotel. Oh, if this is your hotel? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> he pours himself a probably three fingers of port. and <laughs> sets the bottle on the, uh, the side of the uh, just tucks it right under the bar. So reporters, uh, you're going to write a story or what? what well, what, uh, we're, what's the we're looking into it. We like to go to the out of the way places, see what's, you know, what interesting things are popping up. Oh, there's so many interesting things that are happening here. Oh yeah, really? Hmm. Yes. Um, the, really the uh, industry is what's going to build the future of Nairobi is getting built now. I mean, I, uh, I probably won't be live long enough to see it. He takes a big gulp of the port. But it uh, it will be an amazing future. Uh, I've been here since uh, just after the war. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, serve in Africa or did you? I did. I did. Uh, I've got the shrapnel to prove it. Yeah, yeah. Got this in France. Hmm. I'm glad that business is over. Yeah. To never, to no more. Hmm. He eagerly picks up the glass and uh, drinks to it. Actually, we're more interested in the uh, mysterious stories. Mysterious? Well, yeah. it's this is Africa, Mr. Doyle. The, much of it is still mysterious. Yeah, well. That's one of the things that drew us here. Mm. Anything uh, mysterious going on here in Nairobi? Um, 
mysterious. Well, um, I'm certain that there are mysteries abounding in some of the local bazaars between the uh, the large contingent of uh, Indians here, or or perhaps even the Asian markets north. There's likely, um, well, uh, some differences between who has the best stalls or who has the best pricing, but um, I, I don't think that that's the mystery you're looking for. No. Uh, man, we originally were drawn here because of the story of uh, missing people. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Missing people. He sort of stares around, and you can see the sweat bead on his forehead a little bit, because it's still Africa. It's still a little hot. Or maybe that's the port talking. Oh, I haven't heard about anyone missing from here, um, at least that would make the papers in years. Yeah. I don't know. We have originally been drawn by the uh, stories about the Carlisle expedition. Hmm. I think if one uh, group dis- uh, gets massacred out in the bush, maybe there's uh, more stuff going on. <laughs> there's always stuff going on. I remember them uh, vaguely. They stayed here. Hmm. And to be honest, it was fairly thrilling to, to host them. They were, you know, uh, they were larger than life. Really? Yes. I, I can imagine a renowned archaeologist and mm. American playboy. Yes. Sir Aubrey, I, uh, I arranged a few shipments for him um, to go back to London. Yeah. Just mm. making sure that things could get where they need to be. Mm-hmm. This is uh, sometimes fairly treacherous country. They uh, spend much time in town here? Mm, a little. Uh, a little. They did some looking and seeing. Um, they toured the town just briefly. There was some concern over the... Uh, he taps his fingers together. The, um, the woman. The, the woman that they were with, whom, whomever she was, she wasn't feeling well. I remember them um, inquiring with us as to trying to find some <clears throat> medical supplies. He takes a drink of the port. Uh, they stay here long? No. No, not long. Um, they spent a few days at a hunting lodge. Uh, it was run by a retired army gent, uh, Endicott. He's still around here then? Mm. Yeah. yeah, as far as I know. Oh. Maybe I'll we'll we'll ask him. Never know. He might have some uh, juicy details. <laughs> yes. That Aubrey, though, real, a real collector. Yes, he, uh, he had quite the collection. Mm. Mm. Well, he finishes his port with a mighty swig. Um, I hope you enjoyed the the hotel, Mr. Doyle. It's beautiful. And if you or your group need need anything, um, feel free to let us know. Absolutely will. He sort of turns away a little bit and then heads down the bar, and you can see him just sort of dip a little bit, like he dip his shoulder. And when he's further down the bar, talking to the next customer, you see his bottle of port like come up and get placed on the counter and uh, or on the bar and and he pours himself another drink so doctor 
It has been uh, several hours now. You have managed to treat several patients. Uh, my question to you is, how are you feeling the rest of the space of the day? Um, I think Doc, once he makes sure that everyone is um, well taken care of, that Lillian is um, sleeping, you know, resting and healing well, he is probably going to take just a little constitutional, just, you know, just a, a not too far away, but he wants to get out, stretch his legs a little bit. They're mm -hmm. quite crampy. Oh, yeah. And um, maybe get a bite to eat at a local restaurant. Sure. Easily done. Uh, there are several nice local restaurants here uh, that you'd be able to get food at, depending upon what you're sort of looking for. If you're looking for something that's a little bit more centralized, um, perhaps uh, tour the local markets, uh, having some local food. Yes, he's going to do the local food and check out the local markets, um, see if there are any local booksellers that mm. he can pick up a little thing from me. Mm -hmm. um, he's basically going to go out and what he likes to do, he's going to shop in foreign places and pick up little trinkets for everyone. Certainly. Uh, so the Nairobi markets, the one that are more centralized, mm. it's very crowded, very mm -hmm. busy. Uh, but there is a good mix of humanity here. And that is something that is a little bit um, fulfilling, I guess. Mm. Right. So uh, there, there's the market is awash with goods. So anything from beans and meat and fish, uh, there's pottery here. Uh, there's, uh, you know, all sorts of different textiles that are available. Um, and the smells that come out of this place. I mean, yes, there are the, the smell of humanity, but mm. also um, the mix of food that's here is something really special. Uh, not to uh, not to paraphrase a famous bird, but Doc definitely follows his nose through the marketplace mm. from stall to stall and just he takes in the local culture, all of the people. Um, mm -hmm. and he even think, gives a little thought to later in the hotel, maybe having some food sent to the cooks to have it cooked for the group so that he could. I imagine it's probably not all that unusual to have the chefs prepare local things. Yeah, so you get something that you're not um, it's, it, you get a first try of something that you've mm. never had, and that is githiri. So that's boiled corn and mm -hmm. beans that have been placed sort of together. They've been fried, uh, and then you get them served with, uh, you get it served with some rice, so mm. local rice, mm -hmm. and then you get something you've never tried before, mm -hmm. and that is a sliced green um, item. What you taste is, and doc, you mm -hmm. would understand what it is, mm -hmm. but you get to try avocado for the first ah, time. Ah, okay. Uh, fresh avocado. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. so he, okay, so Doc Doc finds a couple of more of those in the market because he's going to have to try that, uh, you know, like mm -hmm. show that to everybody else because that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. You have a wonderful day just mm -hmm. sampling what the market has to offer. You come back with several purchases. Uh, and then you feel like you've had, like by the time, you know, four or five o'clock hits and you're figuring the, the group is probably going to be ready for dinner. You're, you've had a full day. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, Doc comes back in probably with a, a new shirt, nothing else. Cause he likes the, the local wear, whatever it is, something comfortable comes back in with a couple of bags and some food. Oh, Jack, you have to try this. This is amazing. Cuts a piece, like an avocado in half, and like case of gout for him. Yeah, 
a trust is a, a he's it's odd, it's not like it's usual, but yeah, you it's amazing. So, so <laughs> you cut the you cut the avocado in half and, yeah. and because it's likely your first time cutting an yeah. avocado in half, you make a mess of like oh, half the oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a slice of avocado with like this green pulpy stuff all over his hand. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm going to think twice before I have you do surgery on me. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, I don't want this to get better. <laughs> he okay. laughs and offers a piece and then, um, yeah, gives up whatever food he bought to the cooks. And, hey, we want local stuff. I bought this. You oh, do your okay. thing. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the, I guess the one of the staff members tells you that they can, they can make this food at any time. Um, and then also they would ask if you would be interested in, and um, uh, they have another, they have a fish dish they'd like you to try for dinner. Uh, he agrees uh, very, with, with much gusto and. Uh... <laughs> Fabulous. Um, before we move off of this wonderful day, part of our uh, our session, I would like to know what Mr. Drummond is doing. Um, how is he spending, given the fact that he didn't take a single hit point worth of damage in the entire train fiasco, uh, you got to be just ready to go. Well, I have a lot to do. Um, first off, I have to um, go out shopping mm-hmm. and buy a camera. Okay. To replace the one I lost in Shanghai. Oops. Yep. Um, and uh, while I'm at it, um, I'm kind of working on limited information because everybody knows things that I don't know. But I'm trying to logically piece together things I do know, which is um, anytime we've dealt with these cults, they've also had um, European liaisons. So, um, and stuff close to like docks, travel places, um, places to get um, artifacts shipped here or there. So I think what I might do is just kind of um, leisurely stroll the port and take photographs. Okay. And see if I see anything unusual. So it takes you a couple of stops before you find a camera you can buy. You end up having to Mm -hmm. go into the Nairobi markets first, and then you get directed to a place north called uh, Dalton & Son Trading Post. And this is... Mm -hmm a trading post that sort of sells things that you would imagine would be useful for a trip into the the back country, right? So they sell everything from firearms, ammunition, ropes, backpacks, tents, clothing, machetes, boots, trenching, uh, you know, shovels and stuff like that. And then they also sell, they have a couple of cameras you could buy. They're likely not as fancy as the one you had before. No. Um, but... It is a camera and you can buy it provided you have the um, liquidity to do so. I'm reasonably certain I do. Yeah, I Um, am too. Um, I would just ask then, while you're there, are you buying anything else? um, I want to think about it because I don't think we're ready to travel overland yet if we're planning on traveling overland. So I don't think any of that needs to... um, But... Has this Dalton and Sons been around a while? I assume that there's some sort of um, date on the shingle. Yeah, it's probably been been around for, you know, 10 or 15 years. This is likely a offshoot of 
a bunch of the original Europeans who traveled and helped, you know, guide the railroad here to Nairobi, who likely set up a trading post to sell items to people who are going to go in and do overland travel, right? So mm-hmm. they're a, they have a very captive market, it seems. You didn't see anyone else in the market selling the things that they are selling. Then they're most likely the folks who supplied the Carlisle expedition. Possibly. Maybe it's a good opportunity to roundabout talk to, I assume the proprietor is the proprietor and he doesn't exactly have like a staff. Um, Dalton and Son is, is a little different. So there are staff here. And they mm. are assisting customers, but there is um, that I just I should just say the staff here obviously are are, are locals. Uh, the mm-hmm. the people who run the register are not. That's the easiest way to put it. Look for the uh, oldest one I can find. Okay. And uh, try and strike up a conversation. Yeah, certainly. More than happy to talk to you. You see, uh. Uh, a formerly blonde, probably dishwater blonde colored gentleman. He's uh, now likely in his 50s-ish or so. He's got a big broom handle mustache and he wears, uh, a, you know, a khaki-ish shirt. And it looks like he's ready to jump directly from here into the, you know, the wilds of Kenya. I'll um, head up to uh, pay and and try to try to find out about the camera. And while I'm doing it, I'll uh, ask if uh, um, he remembers the Carlisle expedition. I'll just be fairly direct about it. Mm, he seems to search back a little bit. He says, um, I remember them uh, coming through here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, um, my uh, publisher um, asked me while I was out this way if I could uh, write up a story and take some photos and, uh, you know, it's 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 an old story, but um, people are always interested in celebrity gossip and things of that nature. So he figures that it would probably move a few, you know, a few papers if I threw some inches together for him. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they came through here and they grabbed a few supplies, but uh, they did more so at the direction of... Um, you know, the, the, the group they were with, their own, um, I don't know, motley crew of, uh, you know, backwoods trailblazers. They didn't have any local help or? Well, they brought their own people. Really? Which I think is really, I mean, if you ask me, it's probably their downfall. They didn't have a ton of local people helping them, at least not that I saw. Yeah, that sounds very surprising. Because, you know, even even if, you know, you're a seasoned explorer, I would guess that things change on a practically a day-to-day basis out here. I can, sure. I mean, it's the, it's the wilderness, man. It's changing all the time. Hmm. Okay, well, I guess I'll just go take some um, photos and... Um, Try and repackage what I know, I guess. Unless you know somebody who might know a little bit more. Maybe somebody I could interview. Uh, I know. Let me think back. He sort of scratches his head for a second. At the um, the Hampton House Hotel, the uh, Baines over there. Um, 
they stayed there. He may know a thing or two. Oh, okay. What's his name? Uh, Baines. Reggie Baines. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much. Uh, I will, uh... And thank you for the camera. No, thank you. Enjoy it. And then I will go leisurely wander the port. Okay. Uh, so the industrial area itself, sort of the space that you eventually get into when you're when you're looking around, um, you will get into cut through the big park that's here. So it's sort of a centralized mm-hmm. park. You end up moving south, and you run into looks like there's a Catholic church here, uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, a park beyond that as well. Um, but. The big draw for you is the industrial area, right? So where all the rail cars send their goods to. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of Indian and African workers here. A lot. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking for um, places where um, Europeans are obviously running things. Yep, that's this. Okay. You can see them in many of these spaces, sort of in the directorial roles. Mm-hmm. You know, either they be up on you know higher levels, where loading docks and that sort of thing are down at a lower level. You can see a lot of the directions being done by uh, Europeans. This was probably um, ill-intentioned, but at least I got out of the hotel for a few hours and got to walk around. Certainly. Certainly, you identify uh, as much as Sam saw before. You would identify the the Nairobi Hill and then Upper Hill, which is where most of the Europeans are staying at. Mm-hmm. Much um, much more well put together houses in that. But I have a uh, potential lead back at the hotel, so eventually I will get tired of um, taking basically fake photos of trains and and the sort, and wander back to the hotel for some. Afternoon refreshments. Certainly. So, Sam, it's been a day, uh, a long day at this point. Um, Where are you planning on going or staying as we draw towards dinner? Well, as I said, um, my intention is to lurk around the police station, assuming that I can, I'm comfortable that, if I'm confident that I can kind of replicate the appearance of a, of a local worker with minimal effort. I'll just continue to lurk around until I can find an officer departing on what is obviously the end of their shift. And then I'm going to follow them home. That's not hard. Um, so if you plan on following a member of the police force home, just give me a stealth roll because it'll eventually come up. Uh, and that is an eight out of 95. Okay. Nope. <laughs> that is a fumble for them, so there's no way they hear you. Beautiful. Once I once they get to their residence, uh, I'll just hang out nearby. I'll take up an elevated position if I have to, watching out of sight through my field glasses. If I have obvious windows, or whether it's like a single story, two story, um, I just want to get a bead on you know where they kind of appear to be going, um, and I'm going to my best to hold out until I'm sure they've gone to bed. Okay. Yeah. And if I have an idea as to where their bedroom is. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. You, um, you hang out long enough. Um, probably watch them go through their evening routine. Um, you watch them go through their small, you know, one story house that's sort of built on the, the edge of one of the districts here. It's not a, they don't live in luxury by any means. So, um, but they eventually go to sleep. Yeah, I wasn't looking for a constable. I'm sure anything like <laughs> some, some some officer, just just a patrol cop. Um, yeah, once uh, so I don't have to ascend because it's a single story. Right. So I'm going to quietly break in, intent on relieving them of one of, if not their only, police uniform. Okay. So go ahead and give me. I don't, now the question is: Would they lock their door? Probably. Well, if not their door, then their window, if they have one, if I'm able to watch them. Um, either Creeper. way. Jesus. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and give me a, um, yeah, a locksmith roll or something akin to it. Okay. Uh, I will, I will roll locksmith. That is a 50 under 69. Nice. Uh, so you work the uh, lock locking mechanism on the window and you are able to defeat it and then eventually slowly pull the window up to get in. I don't light a torch or anything like that. I'm, I'm having having watched them for a while. I feel like I'm relatively comfortable with understanding where things might be in here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave them wherever they happen to be. Um, I will, as a precaution, palm a dart um, and begin poking around looking for their uniform. Oh, it's not hard to find. Um, They have several uniforms uh, in the room. Uh, They have obviously a a bin for their clothes that need washed and then... They have a dresser. Well, we definitely don't want to take a dirty one. I could. Uh, I'm sure that whatever one I take will be filthy by the time I'm done with it anyway. No, I have no doubt. Um, what? What? These things are white, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. These. This is going to get nasty at some point. All right. Um, yes, I will very quietly relieve them of one of the uniforms, roll it up. Do they wear boots as well? Mm-hmm. I'll have to get some boots. I'm not going to take There's their boots. Also a hat. I'm assuming they don't have too many pairs of boots. No, no. They probably have a single pair of boots. And there's a hat. Of- oh, yes. and But the hat is mine. I will leave uh, via the front door. You walk out the front door. <laughs> and I, will, uh, I told the group that I would meet them for breakfast. So once I have what I was looking for, um, I will head back to... Uh, well, if it's the middle of the night, I'm guessing um, breakfast is hours away and I need to rest. Mm-hmm. So what I'll actually do is head back to the Swahili town. I mean, that is that's not where you're at, but you could go there. Yeah, well, uh, yeah so I'm, yeah, I'm saying I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to rest. I think we're going to go to Swahili town. OK. And uh, find, find a place to Either, like I said, either find a place where there happen to be squatters, I will squat with them quietly and keep to myself, or um, I'll find some place to 
lay and look at the stars until I doze off. Swahili town is essentially, it's a shanty town, honestly. One room houses, um, mostly constructed of mud and with grass and leaf roofs. Um, The the poverty here is, again, pretty striking. Um, But you, there's there's a hospital and a mission here. Oh, there's a mission. Okay. I I will go to the mission. Okay. Um, And... I'm, a, I'm guessing if it's a mission, there's a donation box as well, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I will drop a couple of uh, pounds in the donation box as I just kind of make my way in. And I'm going to look... If there are, if there, if there are missionaries actively working here, uh, I'm not going to ignore them. Uh, I, will, I will definitely make my presence known to them. Yeah, um, I, I would say that... Given the time of night, <laughs> um, you get led in by a, um, a gentleman named Doctor Starrett. Um, he's a, he's a missionary of sorts. Uh, I'll just put it that way. Uh, but he lets you in and gets you to a place where you can rest. Yeah, I, I think I think the good doctor. Um, again, I will drop a couple pounds in whatever donation box they have um, and give him a, a kind of a knowing nod and thank him for the space uh, and tell him I will depart as quickly as I can in the morning and I won't make a mess. He appreciates it. He hopes you sleep well. I'm sure I will. Okay, so back at the hotel, the investigators are going to have dinner, I would imagine. So since there are a confluence of you, perhaps minus Miss Lane as she is resting and trying to recover, um, Mr. Drummond, did you want to at dinner, share with them your findings, perhaps, or even you, Jack? Yes, absolutely. Um, so for dinner, uh, you are being served something special, uh, something that the doctor has assisted in getting put together. <clears throat> so one of the things that you are served is um, Sukuma Wiki. Uh, it is uh, kale sautéed with tomatoes and a spicy tomato sauce. Um, and there are some fishes mixed in with it. And uh, it, to say that it is flavorful is an understatement. It's also a little a little hot, probably for most of your European tastes. Um, but the chef explains that it's a delicacy and that you should enjoy it as much as you can. All right, I will. Doc eats and drinks with gusto. Uh, Doc also uh, gives out the little trinkets that he got for everybody Jack, a little statue, mm-hmm. something made in the marketplace. Mave a book, you know, uh, got Lily in a scarf, uh, Drummond, probably a new leather holster. <laughs> Price camera. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I have seen him with the camera before, so maybe a small leather bag yeah. or a small bag for the camera. She gave him a, a, a thong that he put on her wrist so he doesn't drop it again. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Sam, he probably gets... Um, uh, a hat that's of a nondescript color so that he can use it at any time as any part of any of his detective or not detective, but his uh, disguise. Uh, Certainly. Yeah. And as you will all come to notice, Sam is absent at dinner. Right. So we know he's out scouting. You do. Doc then goes back to regaling them with just the you know idle chit chat of the day. It's a wonderful marketplace. It's so filled with life. I, I have uh, found out some information. Ooh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll start with tomorrow. 
Yeah. Apparently, when the uh, expedition was here, they spent some days at a hunting lodge. Do we know the name of the hunting lodge or uh, where it is? I don't, but the uh, the man who runs it is named, uh, I think, Major Endicott. I think he just said Endicott. Did he just say Endicott? I, well, I, some, for some reason, I th- oh, he said he was an ex-military man or something. Yes, he did. He yeah. did say he was ex-military. Okay. Well, that's um, <laughs> a more promising lead than we have had in a while, and definitely more right. solid. We'll have to look into that. Mm. I agree. Uh, Doc also slices up uh, more carefully this time after thinking about it, and now he knows what to expect. Slices up a couple avocados, and this is quite good with the spicy food. <laughs> yeah, Doc's enjoying himself. He loves being. Uh, he loves traveling and trying new stuff. So mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. in his element. When are we leaving this hotel? Um, I don't know. I guess when we have information to work to move on. Something's not right here. Mabe says that Doc begins to look around for something that's on fire. Is, is it just the hotel or is it? Uh... Can I tell if it's the hotel or if it's just the area? Uh, you can't actually. You're not real sure which one it is. I'm not sure, but the easiest to rule out would be the hotel. Right, I'm just, I'm just thinking if we're getting closer to whatever this. Uh... Mm, that's possible. Um, it, the only reason I would be suspicious of the hotel um, is because a lot. This was one of Elias's last stops. And this is also where the the expedition right stayed. So, I don't know. Is there a basement here? <laughs> I'm just saying, like. Things in basements are, mm. it, it, apparently it's a thing. So like when I get back home, should I put something in my basement? So that, that's the information I have is, right. is, is it, it's not right. Well, um, tomorrow we can uh, look into this Endicott. We can see what else we can find. If that doesn't go anywhere, maybe we can relocate sooner than we Well, know. or maybe I can get out and see if it's. You know, if it alleviates when I leave the hotel, if it gets worse when I leave the hotel, mm-hmm. like, that's always a thing, too. I just wanted to um, rest. I mean, there is another hotel in town, right? Yes. We could always relocate at any point. It's a fancy hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, um, let me try and get out tomorrow and see you first. I would hate for us to have to move everything for me to be like, nope. It's everywhere. Is the other hotel that much fancier than the Hampton House? Well, um, just by just by description, yeah. So the New Stanley Hotel is the prestigious establishment in the heart of Nairobi. It has sort of all of the. Um, it's not to say that this is not this isn't a nice hotel. But that one is more centrally located to everything. It's larger and it sort of goes along the old lines of bigger being better. Odd that uh, Carlisle, being the international playboy, would stay at the less expensive option. If I remember right, he either had, he or Penhue had a connection. And also, if you're trying to keep something under wraps, you're going to go somewhere smaller, not where everybody can see you and find you. 
they could probably come and go easier from here than they could from the center of town. Who was the connection? So Reggie Baines, proprietor of the hotel, does come over to the table during dinner. And he sort of um, hails you as he walks over Jack and says, uh, how are, how are, is everyone doing this, this evening? Uh, doing great. Yeah, fantastic. The, uh, the dinner was delicious. Good. Did you get enough to eat? Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. Good. And drink, hopefully. Yes? Well, of course. Of course. It's the only way to soothe these uh, evenings here in Nairobi, I find. Uh, port, of course, is my uh, poison of choice. Any port in a storm, hmm? Around around here, that might be dangerous. Doctor, you see the proprietor sort of look at Maeve, like while she's she's you know eating or or Mm -hmm. perhaps referencing something in a handwritten journal. Yeah, Um, he's like eyeing her. Well, like he doesn't like he does a double take. Yeah, just meet the meet the proprietor's gaze. You know, big smile, nothing threatening. Certainly, yeah. We we all just look at him. You will, um, you will understand that uh, my good friend Miss O'Shea does not like <coughs> direct sunlight quite often. <laughs> she has a skin condition that I am treating her for. It is a medical thing that we do not like to talk about. Hmm? Oh, uh, of course, of course. Yeah. I, I meant no, I meant no harm and disrespect. Oh, that is it's understandable. She is a performer, and therefore she is used to people staring at her. Oh, performer! <laughs> she is. She has the voice of an angel. Wonderful. There must be a way that you could um, you you could perhaps uh, indulge us here. Yes, he I sort of gestures out to the dining room because there are people in it. He raises Doc raises an eyebrow at Maeve. Proceeds to check his fingernails, sip his wine a little. <laughs> Well, that would entirely be entirely up to the performer. I, I do not know. It has been a long time since she has performed. I don't even know if she could sing anymore. Oh, I, 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 I'm certain. I'm certain. It would probably a long day of travel too. I apologize. I'm insatiable. He Doc. pours himself more port. Doc grins. <laughs> Keeps checking his fingernails and is just waiting with that qu- that heavy question in the air. Perhaps something. Um, perhaps another time you could you could prepare. Be pre- be more prepared. I'm sure you oh, have to. Yes, the next time we are in Kenya, I just, I'm sure she'll be fine. Doc slides his chair back a little. Oh, I am low on MP. Oh, I could definitely um, perform tonight. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, you you there? He he reaches uh, out to a couple of staff members. M- move this table here and here. It makes space for um, uh, Miss O'Shea, is it? Correct. Wonderful. Make, make space for this fine performer. Um, and uh, From America, yes? Yes. America, yes. On a global tour currently. Oh, well. We at the Hampton House here are happy to have you under our roof. Uh, another splendid guest. Please regale us with this voice. Okay, let me now roll perform. 
As Mr. O'Shea's manager, Doc, make sure he gets all the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to get a cut? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, of course, seven percent off the door and anything right. off the back yeah. end. That's, uh, <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I guess what what are you going to perform, and then also are you going to um yes. perhaps then attempt to to fill your cup, fill my ankh, but yes, yes so to speak. <laughs> It's 1d10 per 20 minutes. Um, it cost me one sand. So. Okay. Another sand down the drain. Slowly but surely. We all make sacrifices. Okay. Uh, not me. <laughs> that is... Oh, I'm going to spend five luck to make that a 76. So it is... 78 so two sorry i can't do math math well it's 78 out of 76 so i'm spending down to make it a success on my sing so i guess why don't you give me an i why don't you give me an idea of what you're going to sing or what style of music you're going to sing um i'm probably gonna stick with something more dinner appropriate Unless it seems like more people are like drinking at the bar. Like what's, I guess, what's the atmosphere here? Like what are people just mostly just eating or are there people just. Yeah, I would say that, that there are, it's like a, uh, it's a larger uh, dinner space where there's probably 10 to 12 tables total. And then there are also people at the bar. Okay. So, yeah, I will um, then stick with like lounge kind of music mm -hmm. um, so that it's more dinner time appropriate. Okay. And then the system for your spending of um, the sanity to, to gain MP, mm -hmm. what is the, um, what's the benefit for you? Uh, I get 1d10 per 20 minutes um, and then... It's one MP per person. Okay. Very good. We'll say that there is an assortment of people here. So I'm going to say there's about 20 people, including the investigators here. Okay. Okay. I'm going to spend a hand of fate against you. <sighs> and I am going to double the MP that you take. Okay. Like overload MP? Uh, no, no. Okay. So... I'm going to give you 15 MP right now. <laughs> okay. And That's so, good. Uh, Mr. Drummond, mm. Mr. Doyle, uh, Doctor, mm. each of you may deduct 5 MP. Okay. I wasn't using them. <laughs> um, unfortunately, this draw that comes from your fellow investigators, you don't know where it comes from, mm -hmm. uh, but her lounge music puts you all this like literally puts you to sleep like you get drowsy you feel weak and tired that's not good <laughs> mm -mm. nope what you catch sight of really your first concern draw from this is the proprietor behind the bar um he collapses okay you're not certain why at first because you don't sense where the energy comes from as much as you just draw it in right the rest of the crowd loves what you are singing it's just i notice a few people are including your own party members okay i, uh, I will stop as soon as appropriate 
we look like the table of drunks all splayed out. Uh, kind, kinda, yeah. And I think that is a fitting time as any to end. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Masks of Nirlathotep. We greatly appreciate appreciate your listening ears. Thank you, and good night.